0: hey y'all welcome to the visit roswell podcast where we talk all things tourism and hospitality related in roswell georgia we will be interviewing our partners all throughout the community and hopefully inspiring you to plan a trip to visit roswell at your natural pace
1: Good morning, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Visit Roswell podcast where we interview a number of different tourism partners throughout the Roswell community uh, to talk about everything that's going on, everything that they've been through, uh, what the future looks like, and where we are going as a destination. And I'm really excited about today's episode because we not only do we have one speaker, we've actually got um, two speakers, two interviewees that are very special to our community that I've done a lot for the community uh, with respect to their industry. And um, the topic of today is actually going to be something that just about everybody I think will get value out of. And um, certainly uh, everybody wants to know uh, the details about. So it's my pleasure to have on Sunny Bailey. She is the owner of Naylor Hall, which is one of our special events venue. And Ryan Pernice, who uh, owns R.O. Hospitality and, and R.O. Hospitality operates Table in Maine, Southern Tavern, Ostria Matone, uh, both here in Roswell, and Coalition Food and Beverage up in Alpharetta. So uh, Sonny and Ryan, it's a pleasure to have you on.
0: Thank you. We're excited yeah. to be here.
2: Thanks for having us, Andy.
1: All right. So Sonny, we'll start with you. Give us real quickly, just a little bit of background on, on yourself and um, how you came into uh, running events and weddings at Naylor Hall.
0: Sure. So I have always been in hospitality since I was 15 years old. I've been in restaurants. I've waited tables. I've washed dishes. I've been a food runner. Um, I was a flight attendant in the eighties. I've always been into catering and I catered events here at Naylor hall. 31 years ago, met the owner of the house, fell in love with the house. And I literally have been here at Naylor hall for 31 years. Um, I worked for the previous owner for 20 years. He retired in 2009 and I had the opportunity to buy Naylor Hall in 2009.
1: Perfect. Thanks for that. And Ryan, what is your background in hospitality which led you to currently owning and operating three restaurants?
2: Well, I, I was, raised here in roswell so i went to elementary middle high school here in roswell graduated from roswell high school in 2003 um, and all through high school i worked at a restaurant that had a location here in roswell called the roasted garlic and then sugo which was a, a family that grew that that restaurant group to about six different places so i always had a grounding in the industry it always worked in restaurants then actually went to college for it at a certain point in high school my dad said boy if you really love this there's a whole school for it so i went to cornell university's school of hotel administration and focused on restaurant management Graduated from there in 2007, worked in New York City for two years in a restaurant consulting firm called Avero, but felt weird being 21, 22 years old and telling seasoned restaurateurs what to do. So I went back to a restaurant opening opportunity that I had with a group called Union Square Hospitality Group, restaurateur named Danny Meyer, who's sort of the preeminent restaurateur in the country, owns Gramercy Tavern, Union Square Cafe. Did that for about two years and then had the opportunity to move home to open Table in Maine in 2011. Um, in the, the house that we're currently located in at 1028 Canton Street. All right, good deal, good deal. Um, so obviously, you know, the
1: hospitality industry that encompasses hotels, uh, restaurants, special events, the arts, a number of different things, you know, we're the most positive people in the world. So it's it, it's in our best interest and obviously in our, our DNA, you know, to always have smiles on our face. But the truth of the matter is, it's it's been rough. And um, I want to talk a little bit about before we move into some of our other questions, what it's done to the industry with respect to both special events and and to restaurants. So Sonny, can you kind of walk us through what the first couple of months were like during COVID, especially when we started seeing all the different stay-at-home orders uh, and when people were really kind of locking down and and not going out and particularly not going out for leisure purposes and, and, and the purposes for group business and things like weddings. Can you give us a little bit of a background on what that looked like?
0: Yes. And I, I love what you said. Um, you know, people that are in this business, hospitality is in our blood. It's what we do. We want to serve people. We want to bring an experience to people. And when all of this started happening, you know, it was right before our spring weddings. Um, it was the most challenging time of my career. Um But owning a small business, you quickly realize people are looking at you to be the voice of calm. They wanna know that everything's gonna be okay and what action are you gonna take? And initially, the only action that I could think of was, how can I bring some joy to people? I don't know what's happening. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but right now, what can I do to take care of my clients, to reach out to the community? One of my florists had literally thousands of um, flowers sitting in his shop that he couldn't do anything with. He donated them to me and we started making flower arrangements and Mm -hmm. giving them to our clients, knocking on their door with a bottle of wine saying, it's going to be okay. Giving them a love note. We're going to be fine. We're going to get through this. Here's some flowers, drink some wine. Um, I think we even made some flower arrangements for Ryan, you guys to... To add in with your takeout deliveries. Um, you know, we just really started thinking about how can we take care of these people, um, take care of our brides, and let them know it's gonna be okay. I wasn't sure at that point exactly when we could open and do weddings, but just to let them know I'm here, um, we're gonna get through this together, and we're here. Um, and that was awesome. We, uh, you know, my brides appreciated just us being there, um, just making the phone call to let them know, you know, we're gonna work through this together and really shifting gears and figuring out how we can make all this work out.
2: Right.
1: And, and Ryan, you were yeah. one of the first that from the restaurant standpoint, that kind of got out there and said, whoa, we see a big change coming. Uh, And I know that you all embraced, you know, the uh, to-go orders, curbside pickup, and really got aggressive with that. What was it like when
2: ultimately people stopped dining in your restaurants? It was not great, Andy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we started the month of March at uh, the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. Chef Woody and I were down there as we've we've gone for six years now. So it was quite a transition to be in you know throngs of people in Marion Square. I recall sitting at a at a cafe called Baba's on Cannon with a, with a coffee, reading a paper, thinking, "Man, this Corona thing might actually be a thing." Uh, fast forward to March 13th, I think it was at the bar at Coalition Food and Beverage in Alpharetta, where they they noted that the NBA was shutting down. And the next day, the president got on TV and called a, a, a national state of emergency. So we were seeing it day by day in the 10 days leading up to that March 10th in our reservations canceling in our walk-ins, you know, really decreasing quite rapidly. And then obviously overnight on that, that shutdown order on March 13th, we had three full service fine dining-ish restaurants that had to sort of turn on a dime and and embrace this to go. As you mentioned, we had been tracking this seeing, okay, something is going to happen. So a lot of credit to my team, we had a plan in place that overnight, we were able to say, okay, there it is, let's, let's pivot and uh, do this new to go only structure for our businesses. And the very next day, we were right at it with takeout only.
1: Right, right, right. So yeah, that's a great point. You know, that lasted a few weeks. And it was um especially with those with kids at home and, and having to kind of embrace the, um, you know, homeschooling style, virtual schooling, and everything. It just added a lot. Talk about coming out of it, too. So, you know, when when Governor Kemp basically allowed restaurants to open back up, some took a little bit longer, some were immediate. How did you start to build back with getting people back through the doors, Ryan?
2: We had a whole sort of decision tree of, OK, well, if the governor says X, we're going to do Y. If the governor says A, we're going to do B, um, just so that we could be ready when the time came to sort of scenario plan all these different things that might happen. Um, it was very important that we get out in front of the public in terms of transparency of this is how we're going to make our decisions. We're going to bring you along for the conversation instead of just telling you, you know, what what's up. We... We sent a survey to our guests. We had constant conversations with our employees in in town halls via Zoom to make sure that everyone was part of the conversation of what do we feel comfortable with and what do our guests feel comfortable with. What that looked like was when the governor opened back up, we waited another five weeks before we actually opened up for any sort of dining. And then we did outdoor only for a number of days until we then opened up inside as well. Um, you remember, Andy, I was constantly on you know Facebook Lives just talking to guests about what our thought process was and all the things we were doing to to try and be at the forefront of precautions in this crazy new world we found ourselves in. Right, absolutely. So, Sonny, moving over to, to
1: weddings and special events, you know, that sector of the industry halted. I mean, stopped really halted. Um, and got really creative and I know you you and Ryan partnered up on some things uh, with the uh, drive-through I do for example Uh, but even you know beyond that when you did start booking weddings that were much smaller in scale you know close close family uh, talk about how those have grown and and really what that transit I guess transition looked like from 12 people up to you know now where we're 80 90 trying to grow back to get as normal as possible.
0: Sure so When everything completely shut down, all I could do was come to work. And I came to work every day by myself, um, rearranging, postponing, um, listening to the brides about what their concerns are and how we can move their wedding months in advance and move the whole wedding team because a wedding is not just a venue it could be 10 to 12 vendors. So Mm -hmm. I took it upon myself to have everyone's master calendar. Um, So when the bride was ready to move a wedding or postpone, I knew exactly everyone's dates and we could find a date that would accommodate everyone. Um, That's all I did for the month of April. And we did that, Uh, I I don't even know how many we postponed. I kind of lost track. Uh, But when we were able to reopen, obviously, there were certain protocols, and I know we'll talk about that. Um, But, you know, the the weddings, when we were able to reopen, obviously, were a little bit smaller. But people were so grateful and so ready for those celebrations. Um, You really don't realize how important weddings and celebrations are until something like this happens because those are the moments that you look back on in life. So it was really important that we be able to open safely and do these weddings safely and come up with protocol. um, And we certainly did. One other thing I did in the shutdown, I really took it as an opportunity to, this house is 175 years old. I painted, I I painted myself. Um, I did landscaping. I just did all the projects that I've been wanting to do but never have the downtime to do it. So, um, you know, even though I wasn't working, I've never worked harder just to get everything ready for kind of the reopening.
1: Right, right, right. And I think we can move into um, a little bit of a topic that we have actually even Yeah, you know, kind of got thrown at us a little bit and it it has to do with shaming Um, and we uh, conducted an interview not too long ago uh, with uh, the owner of a destination management company and and it was a a topic too, but um, you know, as restaurants are starting to come back, as special event menus were starting to come back and we're trying to figure out a way to safely get back to business, we still got hammered by the folks that said, hey, this is highly irresponsible, you know, you you should be in lockdown mode still other states were operating a little bit differently. And, and of course, you know, there's there's no consistency necessarily uh, from state to state. So, you know, it became it became a perception issue that that Georgia was just running wild. But at the end of the day, you know, that aside, I think one of the things that Visit Roswell focuses on was how how could we support our tourism partners, whoever it was, and how could we do it safely, and how could we craft that messaging to give people confidence? So, you know. Sonny did you have to deal with any of that shaming when you started to host events <laughs> was that something that popped up regularly for you?
0: Every day uh, and I'm not gonna lie it was it was so overwhelming um, and, and I understand you know I the only thing I could do was educate myself, Um, You know, follow the CDC guidelines, listening to the executive orders, talk to the different business owners. I don't know how many times I would call Ryan or Ted or you or Steve Stroud. Um, I really reached out to a lot of venues in Roswell just to to see, you know, what track can we take to do this safely and to ensure that we can still do weddings safely. Um, So it it was a difficult time. Uh, Yes, there was a lot of name calling, but we came up with a plan and we implemented our plan and we have had great success with our weddings. Um, And, you know, I understand where my clients are coming from, uh, the shame that they're getting from their out of state friends and family because I got the same thing. But, you know, I, I wanted to be their voice of calm and, you know, we can do this and this is important and we need to get on with our lives. And, and I don't mean that um, ignoring what's happened, but just we need normalcy. We need these moments.
1: sure. Sure. Ryan, I know that, you know, you all were, were very proactive in, in trying to instill that confidence. We'll talk a little bit more about those procedures and and kind of the things that you all have in place, uh, you know, to to give your customers and your clients um, assurance in that area. But, Ryan, did you experience this, the same thing on your side when when you did start to allow indoor dining again?
2: You know, I think it was fairly minimal. Um, some of my colleagues in, in Atlanta had to deal with a little more of that than we did. But by and large, I think we were so um assertive in telling the story of why we were doing it safely and how we were doing that and and with a very show don't tell I jokingly said that especially in the beginning of the pandemic and the shutdown my job became that of a social media content creator so I was on videos and I was posting photos of all that we were doing to to be the safer option you know, even now, we still haven't gone back to our full table density that we were at before the pandemic. So I think we we pretty aggressively told the story very transparently. Of, we're going to do this slowly and, and correctly. Um, and as Sunny said, you know, I, I very much take this seriously. I don't think COVID is a hoax, but at the same time, no one thinks the entire country from you know, Oregon to Florida is going to be affected by this the same way. And wherever we are, we're going to meet our guests where they feel most comfortable. Right. Um, and for the most part, we, we didn't receive too much shaming. And for those that did, you know, we were too busy making sure we were running our restaurant responsibly to pay much attention.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about that, Ryan. Let's talk about the actual things that you all have done, you know, to instill consumer confidence and, and to make your guests feel uh, comfortable, safe healthy. Uh, you know, what are some of those things that you've done that you span know, your restaurants?
2: Yeah, well, I'll start with what both Sonny and I as hospitality operators did well before this was even a thing. As food and beverage providers, we are beholden to far more strict guidelines and standards than most businesses. So right from the get-go, we were already well-positioned to provide a safe dining experience because we've been doing that for 10 years. Table Main has 10 100 health scores in a row. You don't know another restaurant with 10 100 <laughs> health scores in a row. Right. So we took that same diligence and focus and said, okay, well, now we've got to double, triple down on all of that in this new, you know, circumstance in which we find ourselves. So we did a number of things from both physical changes, like installing needlepoint bipolar ionization filtration in our air conditioning units at Table and Main in Osteria, um, which is the scientific term for it cleaned our air good. So we did that, we installed you know, touch-free devices in our bathrooms. We, as I mentioned, distanced our tables and then never brought them back to full density, which even today, however many months after we could have, we still haven't done. We spent about seven grand per restaurant to install physical safety shields between the tables. Um, in addition to all the other things everyone else has been doing with just, you know, masks and cleaning and sanitation and all that good stuff. So not only did we do all that but i was aggressive in videotaping it while it happened and then posting it to facebook and telling that story over and over and over again so that if you know safety is the new ambiance people could say well wherever i am on the spectrum of comfort with dining out if i'm gonna dine out you know i'm gonna dine out in a place where i know it's taken seriously some people treat this like the salad at mcdonald's right they aren't ever going to order the salad at mcdonald's but they want to know it's on the menu So that for us was sort of the theater of precaution sometimes. Other people take it quite seriously and we'll put in their notes, you know, I want to be outside only. So our attitude was wherever people are in that spectrum of comfort, we're going to appeal to as broad a range of people as possible by doing all these different concrete things. Got it. Absolutely. So Sonny,
1: on that end, you know, you're working with brides, you're working with um, family members, you've got Guests coming in, you know, perhaps from all over the place, and what's typically in a compact group setting. Now you've got all these different things that you have to think about. So how how has that changed in regard to your model? And, and when I say that, you know, space setup, uh, things that you're doing, things that that are going to give not only your bride but also everybody in attendance that confidence um, at the wedding.
0: Sure. So we quickly came up with our COVID statement, um, and we follow under the restaurant guidelines. There's 39 points of protocol. I know Ryan's familiar with them. Uh, So from a food standpoint, we have to follow those. Um, So distancing the tables, um, you know, our our staff is obviously masked and gloved and shielded. um, But What advantage I have here is we're on two acres and we have a gorgeous front lawn. And last year in fall, most of my brides wanted to have everything outside. And those events were amazing. We would have dinner on the front lawn and use the entire front lawn. We would also have some seating inside so there really was a place for everyone if you didn't want to come inside you didn't have to and I can't tell you um, how many guests would come up at a wedding they knew that I was the owner because I'm always here I'm running around uh, and they would say I haven't left my house since March I feel so safe here this is amazing thank you so much um, We also did things that we didn't have to do. Um, I I contracted a company to come in and professionally disinfect the house before and after every single event. And um, I don't know if you've looked into that. It's, It's extremely expensive, but it's something that I could say, I've done this. Um, so we took every precaution and we've had great success with what we've done.
1: Right, right. Well, let's talk about what business currently looks like. So right now, and, and I'm talking numbers, you know, the average wedding size compared to last year. Well, let's go back even to, you know,
0: <laughs> let's not talk last year right, right.
1: But, uh, in a normal year. You know, what are you seeing now compared to what that would look like in a healthy year? And as far as business bookings, you know, special events or weddings, you know, what do your numbers look like? Are you optimistic? Are you still anxious? How how are you feeling?
0: I feel I am very optimistic. Um, I think people, they're planning their events and they know that some people won't come. um, And for those that don't feel comfortable coming, there is either a a Facebook Live element or a Zoom or a video. That's been something that a lot of weddings have incorporated. The numbers may be a little bit lower, um, but again, the great thing about here is we can spread out. So I think people are optimistic, I think especially with a vaccine coming around. um, This is engagement time right now. So I am meeting with a lot of brides that are interested in booking. I'm still booking this year. I'm booking in the fall. So people are, people are ready to start moving forward.
1: And Ryan, you know, you've got three different restaurants to look at, uh, three different styles of menu options. So how are you feeling as well as far as um, getting patrons back?
2: Well, Andy, my company is named RO Hospitality, and the RO stands for Reckless Optimism. These right? days, <laughs> I may be a little more reckless than optimistic, but I do think <laughs> we're, we're headed towards a better place, but I think we've got a couple of difficult months to get to before we, we're there. As Sonny mentioned, um, a lot of the precautions we're taking are certainly the right thing to do. We're glad we're doing them, but it, it costs a lot of money. Right. Um, Sonny hit on something earlier, which I'll repeat something I posted on Facebook is it costs a lot of money to make this much less money. (laughs) So as we do site cleanings and buy these barriers and add heaters and all this additional PPE. You know, we've spent a good chunk of change over the past six months to get where we are now. And that return isn't really going to come for a while. It's just helped us kind of stay afloat over these past few months. So we're headed in a good direction. I need the weather to get warmer. I need Congress to get this next stimulus out. Um, and then I need the addressable dining public to increase as the vaccine you mentioned percolates through the system. You know, I need more people to see that it is safe and getting safer to dine out so long as the places that you're uh, patronizing take it seriously. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, let's talk too about you know, things
1: that you've held on to, um, perhaps things that you've seen during COVID that you said, wow, well, we didn't do this previously, but COVID has forced us to do that, and we might actually keep this as a part of our model. So, uh, Ryan, is there anything that that kind of you've learned um, pushing through this that that has made your business better? Is there anything that you you hope to keep um, or to, to at least, um, you know, kind of pursue as
2: healthier times hopefully come? Absolutely, and I, I do think that the pandemic for all, it was the worst, uh, has made our businesses better. I think we're leaner, I think we're scrappier. I've been tremendously proud of the level of innovation I've seen across the hospitality industry. And you know, following Sunny's lead, we put tables in the mulch on the front yard. Uh, everywhere we could fit an outside table, we put one because our guests wanted that. You know, we've got a beautiful yurt up right now at Osteria Matone, so you can have this fun yurt dining experience. To go, of course, is much increased. Um, All these different things that we did in response to this pandemic, I think are still viable when good times come back. Um, Even little operational things like when we space tables on table and mains front porch, you know, we we kept the same amount of tables, but put them over twice the space to allow for that distancing. Well, once this turns around and we're sort of in in a position where COVID isn't isn't a, a threat anymore you know, we can add those tables back and we'll be in a better spot than we were before. So there's a lot that we've been forced to do as necessity is the mother of invention that I think we'll keep around. Um, And as I mentioned, I don't want to go back to normal. I want to go forward to something better. And I think we've done the legwork to put us in that position. Right, absolutely. So Sonny- I
0: agree with, with Ryan. You know, over the year, we have shifted gears so many times and it's really left us in a position that I feel like we can overcome whatever obstacle is thrown at us. You know, Every day it's like, okay, next, next, next. And the companies that get through this are gonna be stronger and more resilient than ever. And I am so proud of the businesses that are in Roswell that have reached out uh, to support each other. I just think it's really made us uh, a better place.
2: Absolutely. Andy, yep. if, I, if I could add one thing, which is that yep. I know of course this the, the subject of this is, is community and, and Roswell and tourism. And as Sonny hit on, you know, I think one of the things that most benefited us was that we've spent the last 10 years building up a well of community goodwill that we were able to draw from right from the get-go. And that's something that you either have or you don't, right? So not only was that true with our guests and and with our, you know, brides on Sonny's case, but with each other as well. I think a great example of that is is Sonny and I partnered together for her drive-through I do. And I think it was innovation and and scrappiness like that, that really put, put Roswell in an interesting positive place as far as how we as a community have gone through all this. Yeah, I
1: absolutely agree. Um, You know, and we at the, the, CVB saw that every single day. Community was really where we turned. I mean, our primary goal is to target out of town visitors. You know, that's, that's what tourism is. But when you really have to dig down deep and, and basically shift completely into focusing on local only to get us through that, uh, we saw it, you know, firsthand. And uh, it, it was huge for us. It was, it's been huge for the, the uh, hospitality community here. So I certainly agree. Um, so shifting gears a little bit and let's bring it back to, you know, more of these positive notes. Um, Sonny, how would you tell a visitor to experience Roswell? Say you had a bride-to-be, uh, that was considering different destinations and wanted to come in for, you know, a day. What would you tell her?
0: Well, when, and I do this with every appointment, I not only try to sell Naylor Hall, but I sell my community, um, because, the restaurants on Canton Street. Several years ago, Canton Street was voted the best street to eat in Georgia by Southern Living. Within walking distance of me, there's at least 40 locally owned restaurants. There's two breweries, there's shops, there's galleries, um, antique stores, all within walking distance. So why would you not wanna be here? That's what I ask.
1: Yeah. Ryan, you've, uh, you know, you're a hometown guy, so um,
2: what would you say to that? I would say go take a walk along the river, go out to eat on Cannes Street, and then have a beer in, in one of our breweries. Perfect. Oh, yeah. We sell it every day. Um, and then go get married. Yes. <laughs> there you go.
0: Or get married and then walk down the street and have a beer.
2: Right. That's true. We do
1: a lot of that, too, don't we?
0: <laughs> a lot of that.
1: Um, so, Ryan, give me five
2: words that best describe Roswell. I would say hometown, restaurants, Chattahoochee, parks, and fried chicken. There you go. <laughs> in a shameless <laughs> plug, even though that's, that's too good. There you go. It is good. Sonny, how about you?
0: Well, coming from my industry, I have to say the number two wedding destination in the state of Georgia. You need to come to Roswell.
1: Oh, there we go. You know. All right. So guys, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on. I know our listeners are going to find this conversation to be very beneficial, but we also want to give them the opportunity to find out more information on you all and your respective businesses. Uh, So Sonny, you know, give us your website, contact information, how how best to reach out to you.
0: Absolutely. So you can reach us. My website is NaylorHall.com. My telephone number is 770-642-9409. Would love to talk to you um can't wait to hear from you
2: all right Ryan? yeah i would say use rohospitality.com as the jumping off point for our three restaurants we've got table in maine and Osteria matone in roswell and coalition food and beverage and alfredo although i don't know if i'm allowed to plug that one andy Can
1: I sure hey hospitality,
2: hospitality marketing <laughs> yeah so rohospitality.com Perfect. Good deal. Well, ladies
1: and gents, um, thank you for listening. Sonny and Ryan, thanks again for being a part of this. We appreciate everything that you all do uh, for both the community and especially for Visit Roswell here. We, uh, we certainly appreciate the partnership with you all. Uh, thanks, folks, and we look forward to being back with you for our next episode. Have a good one.